Yo, you guys ready to talk some Mets baseball? I hope you are, because I am. I know we're in the middle of spring training, 10 days away from opening day, or 9 days, whatever it is. Um, And look, I don't watch many spring training games, if any at all. When it comes to preseason basketball, football, you know, spring training... I'm not going to sit there and watch a whole nine-inning game, all four quarters of a football game. I just can't do it. I'm not going to do it. But I do read the box scores and the recaps and all that stuff, you know, to to keep up of what's been going on. So in this episode, I'm really not going to uh, talk about anything specifically. I'm, I'm kind of going to spitball this one and... um. You know, kind of, I'm, I'm going to be bouncing around a lot. I'm going to try to keep it in order, but I, I'll probably be bouncing out around a lot. Um, so, again, spring training, I really don't dive into the games as far as watching. But, you know, obviously you got to follow along a little bit because, right, there's players trying to make the team and uh, position battling and all that stuff. So, you know, we'll start with. Um, we'll start with what actually concerns me, which is the pitching. Aside from the Grom, Scherzer, and even Bassett, because I think Bassett is really the perfect number three for this rotation. Okay, that's not the part of the pitching that concerns me. What concerns me is the back end of the of the rotation the number four and number five spot, and, you know, some of the bullpen, all right? If you listen to my last episode, um, we, we really don't have a left-handed pitcher uh, specialist, if you will, in the bullpen, right? I mentioned Alex Claudio, a uh, very good ground ball pitcher. Uh, you know, he could be a guy that starts... In the bullpen, and you know he might end up being that that go-to guy. We're gonna miss Aaron Loop. We're gonna miss him because um, I mean he had an outstanding year in 2021. But Alex Claudio, so far, he's faced ten batters, three innings pitched, two hits, three strikeouts, no walks, averaging nine pitches an inning. So you know he's had a that's a pretty decent spring so far. Uh, nice to see Miguel Castro pitch well too. He he was very iffy last season. Like there were times where he looked really good, and then towards the end of the season, he just kind of fell off the tracks. He's got good stuff. If he can gain some control of his pitches, I think he'll be a lot better. He doesn't seem to be a guy that gets down on himself. But so far this spring, he's only pitched two innings, one hit, no walks, one wa- uh, one strikeout. So it's it's nice to see, um, you know, players like that pitch well in the spring because we're gonna need we're gonna need every little bit of help from the bullpen for this upcoming season. I'm not worried about the offense. I'm I'm not worried about. The starting rotation that much. 
but the bullpen kind of concerns me a little bit because I mean losing you know not not only did we lose Loop, you know we lost Familia, and you know I know he wasn't hasn't been his 2015 self, but I mean that's still another arm that we lose. So, and not to mention the fact that we lose him to the Phillies of all teams, right, in the division. But uh, Nogasek is another one that has had a pretty good spring so far. He's appeared in three games, pitched a little over three innings, zero hits, two walks, four strikeouts, two holds, all on 42 pitches. 62% of his pitches have been strikes. So that right there is nice. Again, I know it's spring training. I don't, I don't. I don't get too high. I don't get too low on players in spring training because once the season starts, some players just kick it up a notch. They know when to turn it on. I don't get too much into it. But being that my concern is the bullpen, this is nice. It's nice to see that we have three pitchers that, you know, don't have a eight plus ERA like Peterson does, who hasn't looked sharp at all during the spring and he's competing to to be on the roster i have no doubt this guy's going to start on the minor league roster um he's just hasn't looked good and mcgill on the other hand has looked better in his two games six innings pitch five hits two runs seven strikeouts um so that's nice to see especially from a guy that Pitched so well last season. Uh, McGill pitched better than Carrasco did. And that was unexpected. And personally, for my liking, I would put McGill over Carrasco in that rotation. I'd have Walker number four and McGill number five. Because Carrasco last season was terrible. He was terrible, especially early. I mean, he put us behind the eight ball so many times in games. It was disgusting. And unless Carrasco can turn around tomorrow on Wednesday against the Astros and turn in a, you know, I'm not expecting a lights out outing, but I mean, something a little more, a little more, uh, you know, nicer than what he did his last outing in spring training. So give me McGill over Carrasco. Sadly, I, I don't think the Mets will will do that. But we'll see. But Carrasco's got an important start tomorrow. You know? Like this is an important start for Carrasco because his position in the rotation, his spot in the rotation, I think is dependent on it. So hopefully and look, I want to see Carrasco do good, but I mean, if the fucking guy don't have it, he don't have it. Last year, he didn't have it. His first start in spring training this year didn't have it. So I I really have no reason to believe that he's going to pitch well. I hope he does, but I, I don't know. And then tonight, we get to look at, uh, for the first time in the Mets uniform, Chris Bassett, who I mentioned earlier, I think is the perfect number three for this starting rotation he's got good stuff uh nice movement on his pitches doesn't just throw a fastball and a curveball he's got a nice repertoire um i like him in this rotation and 
you know, not to mention the fact that I think he's tough as nails when you take a line drive to the face and suffer a facial fracture. That's pretty damn tough. I mean, damn. So, like I said, the rotation is not too much of a concern. Um, but I would like to see McGill over Carrasco in that rotation. Um, and on the offense, look, Pete Alonso has started off pretty damn slow. Um, 16 at bats, he's batting 188, 381 on base percentage, 694 OPS. He struck out four times. Um, he started, this is a pretty slow start from, for him compared to past spring trainings. He has been good on defense, though. 26 chances, uh, zero errors. So that's good to see. Um, but I'm really not worried about Pete. Pete in the in in the month of March and April for his career, he's batting 273 with 14 home runs and a on-base percentage of 357. So he usually doesn't get off to a slow start. I remember 2020 he really did, but 2020 for me was a wash. I'm not counting that against anybody. Uh last season, you know, he was he was in the middle, but you know, Peter Alonso is going to get his. You know, Peter Alonso is the type of polar bear that likes the warm weather. So as the season goes on, I expect him to be in Peter Alonso form. Um, so I wouldn't get too low on his slow start. It could be a little concerning, but I, I don't see it. You know, I don't see it going too deep into the regular season. Um Lindor. Now Lindor's having himself a really good spring training. Three home runs. He's batting 412. Hit two home runs the other day. Uh one from each side of the plate. So that's and his fucking defense is, has been fantastic. Um so there's nothing bad that I'm gonna say about Lindor. He was you know, look, let's be honest. Okay, let me keep it roaring on cut with you. I was one of the people booing last season, all right? There's a certain expectation when you get a 10-year, $340 million contract, all right? And you're Francisco Lindor. Yeah, I'm going to fucking boo. I'm not going to boo the first month. But, I mean, I, you know, if it, I mean, come on now. Expectations were high. I don't care if it's your first season in, in New York. And guess what? If he has another slow start this season, the boos are going to come out. The expectations are high. You know what I'm saying? So there's nothing wrong with booing. It doesn't mean that we don't fucking like Lindor. It doesn't mean that I don't like Lindor. Love the guy. Elite glove. How could you not like Lindor? And his beautiful smile. You know what I'm saying? But that's that's what comes with playing in New York City, man. You got to perform. And when you get in the... When you get in, uh, you know, a contract like that, the expectations are gonna, you know, kick up a notch, and that's okay. But I, you know, there's really no doubt that Lindor is gonna bounce back. I'm not too worried about his glove. His glove is is elite work, man. Elite work at shortstop. Um, and if he does get off to a slow start, it's not gonna last as long as it did last season. Um, 
you know, and, and having a manager like Buck Showalter is going to help Lindor. It's, it's going to help the whole team, really. But it's going to help Lindor because he's, he's going to have a presence of, of a manager who's actually managed in New York before. He's an old school mentality type of manager. Um, and so I, I, I think it's really going to help Lindor in the sense of he's going to feel more more comfortable and relaxed up there. You know what I'm saying? He's going to be himself. So I look forward to to watching. Well, I'm pretty sure we all are looking forward to watching Francisco Lindor play this uh, this season. Dom Smith batting 357 uh, so far this spring. Him and Alonzo actually have struck out a combined 10 times and 30 at bats. That's not something that I want to see from our first baseman slash DH. Those guys. Those guys are going to have to put the ball in play. I don't care if you ground out, fly out every time. You got to put the ball in. You can be striking out. Um, and, you know, those guys are going to be playing pretty much every day. At least Alonzo will, right? But I don't want to see that from our first baseman slash DH. Um, so, yeah. What else? Also, tonight we get to see James McCann. He's going to be... Uh, Batting eighth against the the Marlins, first time he'll be playing in spring training. So very, very um, eager to see what he has in store for 2022 because his first season with the Mets wasn't too good. But I'm not really worried about McCann and if he doesn't play good again this season because I think Nitto is a... uh, is a reliable backup. I mean, he's a backup for a reason. But let me rewind. I think what Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom are going to do for the catchers this season is going to be a very good thing as far as these two guys are going to want to battle each other. McCann and Nitto, they're going to want to be on the field. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is history, bro. Like, this is this is Scherzer and DeGrom. These guys have been at the top of their game for the past, I don't know how long, bro. Like, DeGrom's been excellent for the past three, four seasons. Scherzer has been one of the, if not the best pitcher in Major League Baseball four years before that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm sure these guys want to catch every single game that Scherzer and DeGrom started. So I think there's going to be a little bit of a... They're going to push each other to do better. And I really can't wait to see that. I think Nitto is... uh, I'm expecting a good season from him. So we'll see how that turns out. Robinson Cano's having a slow start, but that's not really too surprising to me. The guy's got to get used to real-life game action again unless, you know, the fucking steroids have worn off, which is a possibility. But, uh, you know, disregard the steroid talk. I I really don't care about it. He's on the team. He's going to be playing. So we just have to live with that. All right. Cano. uh, Cano's a great hitter. Okay. Steroids, no steroids. I don't care. I'm not putting that into perspective here 
Cano can hit the fucking ball, okay? Can he play the field? I don't know. But, I mean, again, the DH, the DH is going to help out all of the National League. But all I care about is the Mets, and it's going to help us tremendously. So having him DH or even, you know, being a bat coming off the bench uh, is going to be huge. So I look for him to have an okay season. I don't think he's going to blow any hinges off the door, but definitely going to be somebody that we are that we can rely on you know in the 2020 season he was he was like the only Mets hitter pretty much hidden so well I can't remember 2019 well I think it was 2020 the COVID season I mean he was the only guy really fucking hitting the ball with runners in scoring position which was our problem in 2021 so I'm Personally happy to have Cano back. It's an it's another bat off the bench. Um and I'm all for it. I am all for it. Uh what else do we have? I mean that's pretty much all I have. Uh oh. And Nimmo now, okay. Nimmo's a little bit concerning to me. Okay. I, I mentioned on my last episode about Nimmo. And I'm not really trusting him this season. You know, he won that arbitration deal. He's making, what, $7 million or whatever. I read somewhere. Now, this is just what I read off the internet, okay? Somewhere where they projected he was going to be a $100 million man. Now, how true that is, I don't know. I think it said National League scout or some shit like that. I I don't know, okay? Don't, Don't hold me against it or don't hold me to it. Because I'm not, I'm not sure, but I, I promise you, I read that. Um, and when I read that, I'm like, there's no fucking way, Nimmo is a hundred million dollar guy. So far in the spring, Nimmo's hitting third. Uh, he's hitting 154 in 13 at bats, one walk, four strikeouts. Again, all this is small sample size, right? But I mean, you know, something to, something to think about. Um. I'm a little worried with Nimmo. I don't think he's that good. I don't think he's that good. He's injury prone. You know what I mean? I mean, everybody likes that he smiles. Everybody likes that he runs to first base after he draws a walk. That's cool. Now you're his, his agent is Scott Boris. Don't be surprised if Nimmo is under a little bit of pressure to perform. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure he hears... Not only hears, but I'm I'm pretty sure Boris says, "Hey man, you can make some, you can make a hundred million dollars next season." I mean, you think Nimmo doesn't hear that? Francisco Lindor got booed after signing that ten-year, three hundred forty million dollar contract a month into the season. What do you think they're gonna do to fucking Nimmo? Nimmo's gonna get booed too. So. There might be a little pressure for Nimmo to stay healthy and to perform. And when I say perform, I mean on the field, like in center field. Because he's not a very good center fielder. So we have other options come next season. Because Nimmo is just not that guy. His on-base percentage is great. His plate discipline, great. But I mean, you could probably find... 
a shitload of other leadoff men that are center fielders that can do more than what Nimmo does. And I don't mean just, you know, drawing walks. So I I'm a little scared about Nimmo, man. Like I don't I don't really I'm not trusting him. I, I don't trust him. This is a big year for him. You know what I'm saying? At 30 years old, I'm sure he's looking for one big contract. One big contract. That's all he wants. But he's I don't he's just not that guy to me. You know what I'm saying? Like we'll have other options. So we'll see what happens um in the outfield for the Mets. I'm excited about uh I'm excited about this ball club. You know, I think it's Look, Buck Walter's going to help out a lot, man. It, it, that was the right hire. Um, you know, us Met fans can't get too high, though. Because when we do, boy, does it hurt when we fall. So, you know, I know every season we go into, uh, every season we, we go into, we're winning the division, we're winning the World Series, and then none of it happens, and we're just miserable for all of the winter. But I think it's a different story in Queens, you know what I'm saying? I think it's a different story. It's a different owner, different GM, different manager. It's a different vibe. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to call a spade a spade, you know. I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat anything. You know, my eyes don't lie to me. That's why I'm far from the analytical guy. You know, you know, I watch about 80% of the games. So, I'm going to call it how I see it. That's why this is called Roaring Uncut. I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat anything. There's a lot of people out there that sugar. Uh, that's just not me, man. If it's something good to say, I'm going to say it. If it's something that is, uh, you know, defective, I'm, I'm going to say it. If you follow me on Twitter, I'm pretty, you know... I'm pretty open, man. I'm pretty out there. So I'm not here to sugarcoat nothing. I'm going to give it to you exactly how I see it. Um, the NL, I, I didn't touch on the NL East uh, last time, but I'm looking forward to this division, man. A lot of people, uh, you know, like the Nationals and the Marlins, they're not that great. I think... The Nationals are obviously rebuilding. I mean, they they fucking sold Scherzer and Trey Turner last year, right? And Soto still hasn't gotten his contract. So, I don't know, man. The, the Nationals, obviously, I think they're rebuilding. The Marlins, the Marlins have some good pitching. And the fucking Marlins always beat the Mets when the Mets need to win the most. Why? Why is that? That is a pesty ass team. Um, but the Marlins have very good young pitching, I believe. Um, and they got some good prospects in their farm, in their farm system. Uh, but I mean, they're not going to be any better than fourth place. You know what I mean? We can talk about the Braves and what they lost. Obviously, what sticks out is that they lost Freddie Freeman. Yes, that is obvious. But they gained Matt Olson, who is not exactly Freddie Freeman, but they like him enough that they extended him as soon as as soon as 
they traded for him. So, and they made other moves. Kenley Jansen um, in the bullpen. They lost uh, Soler to the, who they lose Soler to? They lost uh, to the Marlins, right? So that you know, that's a pretty big loss. Those are two big bets um, that the Braves lost, but that's still a good lineup, man. And they're pretty deep. And actually, the Braves were one of the best, one of the better defensive ball clubs in twenty twenty one. But I mean, they still got you know, this is a World Series team, man. So I'm gonna respect them, you know. Um, they still, this is, they still get Acuna back. They still get Mike Soroka back. Like, these are two key pieces. Think about this shit. They lost their best player. You know, you, you can maybe argue, right, between Freeman and Acuna. But they lost their best young player in Acuna. This team lost Mike Soroka, their, their, their ace to that rotation. And they still fucking won the World Series. And they made some moves. Obviously, the you know what sticks out the most is that they lost Freeman, but they added other pieces. So, I mean, the Braves are still the team to beat in the division. I don't care what anybody says, and that's and I'm keeping it honest. Um, that's still a good. That's still a good lineup. So don't be surprised. The Braves being good, obviously, there's always that one team that has the um, the World Series hangover, right? So it could be that the Braves have it. But, I mean, fuck, man. They're getting back their two key pieces somewhere down the road in the, in the season in Acuna and Soroka. So even if they're 500, you know, that's two shot in the arms. That could fucking, you know, help them in, you know, the back nine of the season. So I wouldn't count out the Braves. Uh, the Phillies, the Phillies are not a terrible team, man. Um, they made some moves as well. Carl Schorber, uh, Nick Castellanos. Uh, that, they're one through five in that lineup is pretty fucking deep. Like, they're all projected to hit over 30 home runs, except for Real Muto who's projected to hit 22, but I mean, Schorber, 38 home runs, uh, Harper, 37, Castellanos, 32, Reese Hoskins, 33, so that lineup, that one through five of the Phillies, I think is pretty damn good, pretty damn good, uh, and obviously they got that hot shortstop prospect in the minors, although, you know, Didi will probably get that, that starting role but Brian Stott I think is his name he'll probably be breathing down Didi's neck um so that's not a bad lineup for the Phillies then their rotation is Nola and Wheeler who look as much as I like Wheeler and I think he's I I believe he's a good pitcher um it's going to be hard to repeat what he did last season like last season was Cy Young caliber that's going to be hard to do again. Um, if I had to guess, he's going to be maybe nowhere near what he did last year. And then Nola, you don't know what you're going to get out of him. 
he's too up and down. Uh, you know, their rotation, Ranger Suarez, it, it's nothing to be scared about. You know what I'm saying? They're, those two are nowhere near what we have in DeGrom and Scherzer. But like I said, the offense is going to be able to put up runs. Um, so... I expect it to be a, a, a real three-team race between the Mets, the Braves, and the Phillies. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much what I have on that. That's going to do it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Raw Uncut Sports. Um, and we'll see what, what we touch on next. Ten, nine days until the opening day starts. We'll see what the final... 28-man roster looks like it's going to be 28 for the first month of baseball through May 31st, I believe. And then it gets cut back down to 26. So it should be good. I know everybody's excited. Um, hopefully this season we're not looking at, uh, you know, Twitter's not filled with these tweets that go, uh, you know, I wish... Uh, so and so was still on the Mets. Why did we get rid of him? Why didn't we 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 uh resign him? Look, man, they're no longer on the fucking team. They'll be all right. We'll be all right. The Mets will be all right. You know, move on. Um. Oh, I do want to touch on Marcus Stroman real quick. I said all that, and then I, you know, I, that's terrible. I and then I go to a fucking guy that's no longer on the Mets. I tweeted this out earlier, so if you saw it, great. If not, you'll hear about it now. This is my take on Marcus Stroman, because I know he went back and forth with Todd Pratt, who, by the way, Todd Pratt, I don't care what the fuck anybody says, the guy has one of the most memorable home runs in New York Mets history. Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't care what anybody says. I don't care if his fucking war was negative 7.5. I don't care. Todd Pratt. Had one of the most memorable home runs in New York Mets history. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, yeah, Ty Pratt was not a fucking elite. He wasn't even average. He wasn't even good. But don't disrespect this man who did more for the franchise, okay, than Marcus Stroman ever did. Now, I'm going to say this. Marcus Stroman is a very good pitcher. One of the best at inducing ground balls. His intensity on the mound, his presence goes unnoticed. Like, he, he is a good pitcher, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's really good. I like him as a pitcher. I was, I was, I was happy when we got him. But now I'm even happier that he's not with the New York Mets. Because exactly of all this social media shit that he brings to the table, that I think Steve Cohen, Steve Cohen wanted no part of, none whatsoever, and it was one hundred and twenty percent the correct move to not sign this guy, let him go and die off with the Chicago Cubs, who, by the way. The Chicago Cubs have Villar, Gesellman, and fucking Stroman. I didn't realize that till earlier today. That three of our free agents signed with the Cubs. 
But whatever. This dude, no, he's not a fucking team first guy. So, although I just told you, let's not talk about players that are no longer on the Mets. And I just exactly did that. That's really all I have on Marcus Stroman. I don't know the guy personally. But he's fucking sensitive. He blocks people. He's a fucking baby. And his antics are just, you know, they're they're tiresome. Nobody likes the guy. So, you know, let's get over Marcus Stroman. I'll probably bring him back up if he pitches against the Mets later this season. And I think I replied to one of his tweets and I was pretty roaring uncut. But I didn't get blocked, so maybe he missed it. I don't know. But whatever. That's all I have. Hope you guys enjoy the Mets game tonight. Enjoy the Met game tomorrow. Bassett on the mound tonight. Carlos Carrasco on the mound tomorrow. Big start for him, man. He's he's He needs a spot in the rotation. And if he doesn't pitch well, his spot might be gone. Hope you guys have a good one.